Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, a special 4 o'clock edition, well about 4 o'clock, on the start of the league year right here on Giants.com. We apologize for the delay in order to talk about what everybody wants to talk about. We had to wait for the Giants to send out their release, so that was the delay. We apologize for that, but now we could talk about it. The Giants have executed a trade, sending Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns. Here are the details of the trade. The Giants have acquired safety Jabril Peppers, guard Kevin Zeitler, and two draft choices from the Browns. Their first overall pick, 17th pick in round number one, and the third round pick that they had previously acquired from the New England Patriots, which is 95th overall, from the Cleveland Browns for Odell Beckham Jr. and Olivier Vernon. That is the trade. I have a couple quotes for you, and we'll get to them right now. The New York Giants, this is from Dave Gettleman. The New York Football Giants would like to thank Odell Beckham Jr. for his contributions. We truly wish him well in Cleveland, and we want to wish Ovi the best and nothing but success for both of them. Um, more quotes from Dave Gettleman on what the Giants received. With the first-round draft, draft choice, that gives us 6-17 and 17 in the first round. As we continue to build this team, you need draft pick capital. This trade enabled us to do that. We're very excited to get a quality NFL guard in Kevin Zeitler. We've already had him in here, and he passed his physical. That really adds another piece of the offensive line repair that we have going. Now we have most of the line under contract for the next couple of years. It's a great opportunity for us to build stability on our offensive line. We're excited about that. On Peppers, we're very excited to have Jabril. A lot of people remember him from his days at Paramus Catholic. That's in New Jersey. He's coming back home. I spoke to him last night, and he's excited and thankful and couldn't wait to get here. Jabril is a quality safety in this league, and he is a legitimate linchpin on the back end of your defense. The way this game is being played, your safeties are critical in pass defense. And I should note, and this is very important, uh, the deal's completion is pending successful completion of physicals by all the players involved in the trade. Paul Dettino, those are the details. What do you think? Well, you know what, John? The way I look at this, uh, there, there are literally two angles to, to this deal. One, you could say the Giants have traded away a premier wide receiver, much like the Steelers did at Antonio Brown, much like last year when the Raiders dealt Amari Cooper. And you could look at the packages that those teams had to pay to get those players and say that the Giants got more than either one of those packages. And comparable to what the Raiders received for Khalil Mack. Okay. Comparable. Okay, that's one way you could look at it. Right. The other way you could look at it is Odell Beckham Jr. is a generational player, and if you consider his talent value, his talent quotient, you could say, well, you know what? This guy was probably worth a bigger haul than what was available on the trade market. But at the same time, you look historically at what players of this caliber have gotten in trades. This is in line with what you've seen in those trades before. Well, it's very much in line for what big-time stars get if they are involved in trades. You cannot find the trade of a non-quarterback that netted much more than what the Giants got in this trade. And I think that's how you have to go by it. And people say, oh, it's only a first and a third round pick. Well, remember, Jabril Peppers was selected in the first round of the draft just two years ago. He has two years left on his rookie contract. He played really good football in his second year. He's a great athlete. He's a good safety in the line of scrimmage. He's very quick. He's developing as a coverage guy. So if you take a look at it that way, you got a first and a third and a guy who replaces a player at a position in need with Landon Collins um, not being franchised by the team. 
and you gain the draft capital on top of that. So it's comparable to the you know two ones that people like to throw out there if you include the type of player you're getting in Jabril Peppers. Well, it comes down to this, John. You know, when you trade a superstar talent, usually it's because there is some type of baggage involved with the player. In this case, Odell Beckham Jr. had a lot of distractions and a lot of off-the-field things. Which we've talked about ad nausea here. Which clearly devalue his ability as a football player. And it's not just what happens inside your organization that you then have to worry about cleaning up. It is also how his value is perceived outside the building. And so, therefore, you are right. When superstar talents are traded, it's usually only for one of three reasons. A, the guy was hurt, which will devalue his trade market price. And he he did miss a significant number of games in two straight years. Okay, so check that first box. Second box, his contract is prohibitive. And it's very hard for some other teams to be able to take on that deal. Well, we also know he had a very high-priced contract. Kind of check that box, too. Third reason is potentially off-the-field personnel folder that includes some negativity. Okay, that box is kind of checked, too. So when you check all three of those boxes, I guess you understand why the Giants did not necessarily get pure value for pure talent because it's virtually impossible to do so. And I will file this under the same category as we did with the JPP trade last year and the decisions involving Landon Collins as well. In the near term, this might hurt. Okay? Like last year, you got the draft pick for Jason Pierre-Paul, right? Well, that didn't help you on the field last year. We get that. But I think what we're seeing from Dave Gettleman, he's taking a much longer-term view of the franchise. And you'll head into the 2020 season now with Jabril Peppers still on his rookie contract, the extra one this year, the extra three this year, plus you're going to have the additional money that you wouldn't have been paying Beckham in next year's contract. So you get the salary cap space plus the assets on top of that, which is why it's valuable. Okay, let's talk about what the Giants got in the trade. Okay, Jabril Peppers, uh, You'll if you go to Giants.com and Kevin Zeitler for that matter, you'll see two inside the film rooms that we shot with Carl Banks and Bob Popper earlier today. Okay. Um, and it really details what both players can do. Zeitler is a guard uh, who is one of the smarter guards in the league. He can move. Uh, he plays really good football at right guard. He can slide right in there, be a starter. Uh, he's an all-pro caliber player. Pro Football Focus has him rated as one of their best guards year in, year out. Does a really nice job. And then Jabril Peppers is a guy in his second year. Paul is emerging. And he got used closer to the line of scrimmage in year number two. Plays really, really good football. And he's a guy that can grow into that role. And frankly... Might not even be a downgrade to what they had there at the at the position last year. So, Peppers is a very, very nice get. He could be easily a Pro Bowl player this year in the Giants' defense. Well, at face value, and there are a lot of other angles we could talk about it. I'm sure the callers would like to do that as well. But we'll just go face value as a player. Zeitler not only is one of the best all-around guards in the league, but specifically an outstanding pass protector. And that's a big deal when you have an older quarterback who needs to be protected and really did not get a ton of protection in the first half of last season. So that's what you're looking at there. And then the only other thing I would say, understand this, the Peppers thing, okay, he was a dynamic, 
jack of all trades, Swiss army knife. Okay. A Swiss army knife when he came out of the university of Michigan. And most people thought he would be a top half of the first round selection at the time. He went down in the twenties to the Browns apparently because a lot of folks were not sure how he would fit into their scheme. Yeah, he basically played linebacker in Michigan, but he's only 200 and whatever pounds, so he, he had to figure out where to play him. He's just, again, Swiss Army knife Correct. is the, is the yep. thing that we kept hearing. So is he going to be a, a free safety, a strong safety, a, a, a nickel linebacker? Is he going to play some corner in, in the nickel package? Nobody seemed to understand exactly where he would fit perfectly. Now, what we knew was he was a heck of an athlete, and we also knew that he was a good kick return guy. Punt returns and kickoff returns. Could do that very well, too. So this is a guy with a tremendous amount of talent coming out. He is only going into his third year, which, by the way, folks, usually we always talk about players. Third year is the breakout year when if they're really going to excel even further and they're going to make that jump to being an even better player, this would be the year to do it. He played free safety as a rookie. And then they moved him to strong safety in his second season. I had Pro Football Focus send me some numbers on him, which I think you'll like. This last year, he played everywhere. Around the line of scrimmage, 133 snaps. In the box, 196. In the slot, 108. At corner, 47. And at free safety, 281. So it goes to your point. They played him all over the defense. And a couple things from Kevin Zeitler... Pressures allowed last season. Kevin Zeitler allowed 11. All Giants' right guards combined allowed 39. I mean, there's there's little doubt about the ability of the players that the Giants have acquired. And here's the other so, thing. Yeah. And I want to make sure we get to your calls, by the way. I know everybody wants to get in. And now just they wanna, just have to produce. Right. I want to make a note for you guys. we got a lot of people calling in. I know we started late. We're still going to give you an hour. All right. We're going to go until 530. Okay. I'm going to get all the calls in. But we want to keep it quick because we have so many people calling in. I want to get you in, get you out, get to the next caller. So prioritize either your comment or your question. We'll let you go. We won't interrupt you. Make your point. But then we want to move on. Okay? We want to make sure we go rapid fire today. This will be the last thing I mentioned. I calibrated, or I calculated, I should say. It wasn't much of a calibration. Odo Beckham Jr. didn't play in four games for the Giants last year, the last four games of the year. Correct. So I went through it. He had a quad injury. Yes. And I went through it, and I tabulated exactly how the Giants offense performed in those games, okay? they He did not play at Washington, who was the 17th-ranked defense in the league, 15th in points. He did not play against the Titans in that disastrous rain game here at the stadium. Eighth-ranked defense in the league, yards-wise, third in points. Mm -hmm. Didn't play against the Colts, who was the 11th-ranked defense, 10th in points. And then the Cowboys, who were the 7th-ranked defense in yards, 6th in points. So three top 11 defenses, right? And one more top 17 defense. So four pretty good defenses they had to play in those four games, right? Correct. In those games, the Giants averaged 25.5 points per game. That would have ranked 11th in the league and 2.4 points per game better than the Giants' season average overall. Total offense, 373.8 yards per game. Would have ranked 10th, 17 yards better than their in-season ranking for the entire season put together. Eli Manning, 259 yards per game, six touchdowns, three picks. That would have ranked 20th in the league among quarterbacks, nine yards fewer fewer than his per-game average. Saquon Barkley, 
Averaged 88 yards per game for 478 yards on the ground. That's just rushing yards. Would have tied for fourth best in the league and six and a half yards more per game than his yearly average. So you look at those four games, and it's a small sample size. And if you look at the bigger sample size in years past, you're going to see different numbers. I recognize that. I'm not saying this is the be-all, end-all, nor am I suggesting that the team would be is going to be better off on offense. That's not my point. My right. point, though, is that without him, with the way the Giants played offense in the second half of last year, relying a lot on big people in the formation— a lot of play-action passes, not a lot of spreading people out, not a lot of multiple wide receiver, that they played good offensive football and better offensive football than they played otherwise during the year when he was hurt in the final four games. So I think that should give Giant fans some level of hope that they did it against some pretty good defenses. I know fans will say, oh, that 40-point game against Washington skewed things. Well, so does the zero-point game against the Titans because the weather outside was so bad. Correct. So those, those games kind of cancel each other out a little bit. So I think that should give Giant fans a little bit of hope that the way the Giants fan, that the Giants are planning on playing offense should allow them to be successful on that side of the ball next year. One thing to add to that, John, yeah. and obviously Odell Beckham is a worldly talent. No one in their right mind would dispute that. The man's talent is off the charts. He is a generational yep. player. Mm -hmm. And and when you remove a, a talent like that from the equation, you absolutely have to make some type of adjustments if you're going to succeed. Well, the Giants were able, during that final month of the season, to rely on a gelling offensive line, which played so much better after the bye week and now has than been it did in the first half of the season. And now has been improved, by the way, by the addition of Kevin Zeitler. Has gotten an upgrade, okay, and you would think that they will continue to try to upgrade because, after all, Dave Gettleman loves his hog mollies and has basically told everybody he's going to go try to do whatever he can to improve the trenches because that's where it starts, okay? So that's number one, number one factor. And number two factor is that Evan Ingram was healthy down the stretch yep. in the last month of the season and was performing much like the Evan Ingram that many people projected him to do once he came out of the draft. And we talked about it, how... If you're going to play that way, getting enough touches for Shepard, Ingram, Barkley, and, and Beckham all on the field at the same time was going to be tough just because you're not throwing the ball 45 times a game. So that's just, just things to think about when you think of it from a you know sky, forest from the tree type of way. All right, let's get to it, folks. We know you want to get in. We'll let you say your piece, and we'll get in as many callers as we can at 201-939-4513. I'll also check out your tweets at hashtag GiantsChat. It's all presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. All right, Danny, let's do this. Scott in D.C. will lead us off. Scott, thank you for your patience. What's going on? Hey, guys, one comment, one question. Yeah, I... Really short question, but the comment is this. I called in two weeks ago and said the Giants should add by subtracting ODB, and you guys laughed me off the show. How about an apology? Or at least say that you're dead wrong. Just yesterday, John, you said, quote, the Giants are nowhere near trading Odell Beckham Jr. Yesterday. I don't, think, I don't think I yesterday said that. Yesterday okay. you said only trade him if they back up Fort Knox. Well, this trade is not getting Fort Knox for the Giants. I don't think they got enough for him. But, frankly, I'm glad he's gone. Okay. I think it's going to be addition by subtraction. The question I have is really quick, really easy. Just, just you do this on the website, fact or fiction, yes or no, uh, true or false. The Giants win their next Super Bowl with Eli Manning as the quarterback. 
Scott, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. I mean, it's a loaded question. <laughs> right now, I don't even know who the 53 men are going to be on the opening day roster. And he wants to go through a projection of that nature. I, I, no, no. 201-939-4513. You got something you want to add there? That's a, that's a, no, that's that's just such a reach of a question. It's just pointless. And, I don't, and I don't believe I said that yesterday, by the way. You're on with me. I don't, I don't believe those words came out of my mouth. John, I, I, look, I don't remember. But I, I hey, bottom, bottom and, and, line And by is, the way, if they did, I was wrong and I apologize. But I do not believe that I said that. Yeah. 201-939-4513. Mark in Ca- North Carolina is up next. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you? Uh, Hello. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I uh, t- totally agree with what you guys have been saying this morning, or uh, this afternoon, excuse me. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the Giants needed uh, offensive right side, uh, you know, guard, tackle, help, and they needed some safety help. And they're getting both in this trade. And I, I kind of put the Olivier Vernon into the same box, if you know what I mean, because I think he probably started that way anyway, uh, by getting, you know, Olivier Vernon in the guard and then going for uh, Jabil Preppers. Uh, uh, it's just fantastic. Plus, like you were saying, it's like getting a first-round pick as well as a, another first-round Jabil Peppers, you know. And then also a third-round uh, pick. And and that helps tremendously. And uh, but we'll still need to get that offensive tackle. Which getting that second first round pick as well as a possible third round, you could probably get a, a right tackle in there as well. So anyway, I just want to back uh, Julius. Uh, I mean, uh, I just want to back uh, uh, Jabril Peppers. Uh, Pick. Oh, okay. I thought he was going to say Julius Peppers. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm calling <laughs> Thank from North Carolina, so Julius Peppers is <laughs> I understand. as well as Gettleman. <laughs> <laughs> Easy you, to Mark. get those names kind of messed up. I, I will say this, John, and, and you know this as well, and the fans who've been watching our show for a while are well aware, I've been suggesting for the longest time that with the strength of this draft, apparently based on talking to all these different folks at the Combine, being in the first three rounds, so many good defensive players, and knowing that Dave Gettleman has said the Giants need to get more defensive players, that it would make a lot of sense for him to try to get a third-round pick somehow, some way, because that could be used either as trade bait, if he needs to use it, or quite honestly, to pick into the strength of the draft and pick up another defensive guy who could potentially start. Well, guess what, folks? Good news. There's a third-round pick coming as part of this deal. He now has it, and he can do whatever he wants with it. Well, more importantly, I mean, what have we talked about the last two weeks? Not to mention that number one, but aside from that. And that's where I'm going. Two weeks since the combine, what have we talked about? The Giants would have to figure out a question. Do they want to use their first-round pick on an offensive tackle or a defensive lineman? Or do they want to go somewhere else? You have to choose, right? Well, now you can get both. You can get a first-round player at both spots. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll help you a lot. And a lot of people have talked about trying to improve the defense. Maybe you draft two pass rushers. Look at it this way. and I, and Nothing's I tell, wrong with that, by the way. And I tell people this all the time. Almost everything that you do is going to have some positives and some negatives to it. And that's just the way life is. You know, there's always a trade-off. There's a risk-reward, a cost and, and, and benefit, and a... And, that it's just how do you weigh it out? How do what angle do you come from, and how do you weigh the scale? And it's really that simple. Everybody's gonna have a different opinion about this, but 
You just want to look at the facts, look at the angles, and say, okay, what have they done, and what can they still do to help the team get on the right track? And that's that's basically what the Giants are trying to figure out right now. How can they continue to improve the team? 201-939-4513. Willie in Virginia is up next. What's up, Willie? Hey, what's up? Um, so this deal does not make sense to me personally because we're trading a future Hall of Fame wide receiver for a first-round pick that hasn't really panned out quite yet and more first-round picks for a historically bad drafting team. And we might not sign him after. We don't – like, Gentleman is not good at signing his players. And people want to play with Odell. Wait, he wait a minute. Well, well, wait, wait a minute. Uh, look, look, uh, you, you, you guys know me. I'll, I'll listen to all kinds of opinions, but they got to be based in fact. And it's unfair for you to come here and say the Giants are historically a bad drafting team when Dave Gettleman has only had one draft as general manager of the Giants, and it was last season, and he did really well in that draft by all accounts. And Gettleman also re-signed Odell Beckham Jr., by the way. Correct. So right now you're starting off with, with inaccuracies. Now, if you want to fix those and then offer an opinion, I'm more than happy to listen to you. Okay, thank you. I guess you don't have. You, I guess he doesn't want to. Not, not interested in facts. That's okay. And look, there's no guarantee draft picks are going to pan out. Of course not. There I mean, is no guarantee. Bill Polian, the Hall of Fame front office guy, once said, "If a third of your draft picks pan out, you're feeling pretty good about it." That's just the way life is. Because you know what? If a GM was a hundred percent on all of his draft picks, he'd have a lifelong contract. And nobody would ever get their hands on him because the team that has him would never let him go. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Jerry and Boca Raton, who's up next. Hey, Jerry, go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, John and Paul. Hello. Listen, give me a minute because I want to vent. Go ahead. I, I know it's emotion. That's fair. I know it's not necessarily rational thought. <laughs> but I want to say, look. Odell Beckham Jr., the, the, the trade was a shock to me. I'm angry at the now obvious deception of Dave Gettleman. I've not been this angry since Ali Sherman traded Sam Huff, number 70. You're an old-timer and then, huh? That's good it, stuff. I like old-school guys. Oh, my God. It took me 20 years to get over my anger at that time, and I don't think that Sam Huff ever got over it. He was angry at Ali Sherman Mm-hmm. for cutting him because of an injury to his ankle. Now, it's not important to me that there are those who justify these transactions under the explanation that this is a business, not a sport. But if it's a business, it relies on the goodwill of the, of the fans to survive. I believe that there are some star athletes, for the sake of your fan base, that you keep them no matter what. When the final, when, when Fran Tarkington went back to the Minnesota Vikings, I understood that. You know, it was just, it was a business deal. But imagine if Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle or Lou Gehrig were traded from the Yankees, you would have, you'd have a loss of maybe half your fans. Incidentally, I lost interest in the Yankees when Yogi Berra was fired as the manager by Steinbrenner after he won the American League title. There are just a few athletes that are so identified with their team that their separation from their team is perceived as treasonous by their fans. Now, I want to thank you for allowing me to vent. 
Okay. Okay, Jerry. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate he, it. He and, bring, and I think he's bringing up some guys that are probably much more longer tenured with their teams than yes. Beckham was and had more team success as well. And also, if you look in the modern days of professional sports, very few superstars get to play their entire careers with one team. You know, Phil Simms, Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, George Martin, Michael Strahan. These guys were very fortunate, and they will tell you how fortunate they were to play their entire careers uh, as New York Giants. Heck, not even Carl Banks played his whole career with the Giants. And I, I would okay? say this, and Paul, I would say this too, look. And a business is a business, and maybe I'm, I'm cold-hearted or whatever. I get it. And remember, I'm a Knicks fan. I just saw him trade Chris Das Porzingis, okay? So, so seriously, <laughs> I'm serious. But eventually, there's a price for everything. And by the way, Walt Frazier went to Cleveland as compensation for Jim Clements. There's, Walt Clyde Frazier. Was they, there a more popular sports figure in New York at the time? Generally speaking, in the NFL, unless you're talking about a quarterback and a franchise quarterback, there's a price to be had for everyone. Just the way it is. Wayne Gretzky got traded. Mark Messier, James Babe teams. Ruth got traded. I mean, it happens, folks. And by the way, just as a little tip of the cap to that caller, when he talked about the Fran Tarkenton trade, that hit my heart pretty hard. And I know that that Fran wanted out, and and there were a lot of uh, of, of, of of attitude issues there going on. But when they traded Fran Tarkenton, remember Tarkenton uh, was was an All Pro, multiple All Pro for the Giants at the time after the '71 season when they traded him in a package back to the Vikings. And they got a bunch of picks, and Norm Sneed was in the deal. Well, one of those draft picks turned out to be Brad Van Pelt, who went to five consecutive Pro Bowls, and by many accounts should be considered for the Hall of Fame. That's debatable. But Brad Van Pelt became one of the all-time greatest Giants, and that was because of a draft pick that they got back in the Fran Tarkenton trade. And trust me, the day they traded Tarkenton, I wasn't thinking about Brad Van Pelt. I had no idea who Brad Van Pelt was. Right. Which I was is, pretty happy afterwards, which, though. Which, by the way, we, we, if you're a fan, you're upset. We get it. We understand. Sure. You have emotional attachments to these players. We totally Fans get it. Fans are emotional. And that's why you're calling in and, and we're letting you go. I want to say one thing, though. I wasn't sure if it was Jerry or the call before talking about Dave Gettleman's deception. Dave was very careful about the way he answered those questions because we were at the Combine, and both of us listened to him for a good hour between the podium we and did. his side session when he was asked these questions. And when he was asked about Beckham, he said, I did not trade him. I did not sign him to trade him. Correct. Then he was specifically asked, will you say that under no circumstances will you trade Odo Beckham Jr.? And he would not say that. Correct. He was asked to do that more than once, and he said, I said what I said. So that means, no, we didn't sign him with the intended purpose of trading him. What that doesn't mean is that there wasn't a package out there that would make it worth the Giants' while to help the organization to make the trade. I'm just making the point that he was very careful in how he chose his words. And yeah, it's politicky, I get it, but that's exactly what he said and that's exactly what he meant. And you shouldn't have inferred more of that. Correct. Any assumptions or inferences, that's 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 on you. Uh, Dave Gettleman has been doing this a long time. And by he's, the way, he also has the right to change his mind, he, too, he, by the he way. He sure he does. And he's been involved in the organizations that have gone to seven Super Bowls and won three championships. He understands what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He has conviction. He's a tireless worker. And he is a very careful wordsmith. When he says things... They are very carefully said. He doesn't throw around words lightly with an understanding that, you know what? 
you got to be careful with what you say because there are going to be people who are going to take it out of context and they're going and they're going to say things about you. So trust me when I tell you there was no deception involved there whatsoever. It, look, it, the the assumption by somebody right. else is the deception. And Paul, we talked about it at the combine. We, we sat did. there and it was, it, it was I remember it was, it was Pat Leonard. He asked him straight up, "Will you say that you will not trade Odell Beckham Jr. And, and Dave looked at him. He laughed. He goes, "Pat, what did I say? I said what I said. Exactly. I mean, and, and we actually talked about that on the combine show. I think it was with Tom Rock. We actually had that conversation that he was very careful in how he chose his take, words. Take Dave Gettleman's words at face value. Yep. Once you start assuming something else, that's when you get into trouble. 201-939-4513. It's all presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. Jeff in Rhode Island is up next. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Uh, Hello. It's a heck of a, it's hey, a, it's uh, a crazy last Wally, couple of days, Jeff. Uh, maybe the Giants might want to consider taking a look at Andy Isabella. The You'll, receiver out of UMass. We, we, Jeff, we like him. <laughs> he, he's big. He's, he's fast. He's quick. But I, I think you're looking at more of an outside receiver. I think Isabella, yeah. you know, looks like more of a slot know. guy. You know? I, I just threw that out there because I, I, I said it the other day. No, but Jeff, but, Jeff uh, you know, you're right, and it's funny. And Paul and I, and I'll be honest, and we talked about this at the Combine, too. We haven't done a lot of work on the wide receivers. We thought the Giants were pretty set there, maybe a day three yeah. guy, things like that. Yeah. i got to tell you, next I week i got to hit the tape because yes. uh, we need to do some serious work on these guys <laughs> I now. really planned on skipping on the receivers, John. I really did. <laughs> Can't do that now. <laughs> Suddenly it all changed. But, it uh, sure does. Changes fast, man. You know, I, I always, you know, in my mind, you know, I've been following the Giants for 50 years, and uh, I'm, I'm just going back to what Shockey was. And uh, to me... You know, Beckham was like another shocky. I, I just felt in my heart of hearts that eventually he was going to play his way off the team. Well, he didn't really play his way off the team, but he did enough to get himself off the team. And, and, and I don't think, you know, he's in Cleveland now. That's fine. Okay. Uh, I I don't think he's ever going to live up to the money that they're paying him. I, you know, I just don't think uh, the Browns are going to get their just due from that. And uh, that's just the way I feel about it. You know, you're going, okay, we'll move on, blah, 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 blah. But who are we going to replace them with? <laughs> no, look, and, and I think that's a fair question, Jeff, and uh, appreciate the call. Thank you. And if you look at Dave Gettleman's time in Carolina, Paul, you know, they drafted Devin Funches. Did, did he draft Funches or was he there before he got there? I'm trying to remember. I think he... Let's see, Funches just went free agent, so that means he's four years in the league. Yeah, right? so I think Dave did draft him in Carolina then, right? If I'm not mistaken. I believe he did. I'd have to look at that I again. Believe I believe that did. he did. So that was the biggest investment he made in a wide was receiver a while he was there. Correct. So uh, and if we talked about his history at the safety position there as well, and those are two positions that he hasn't traditionally— I, Again, I'll have to double-check it. That, as far as my understanding is and my memory serves me— that he has not invested big time. He's a hog molly guy. He wants to invest Self-proclaimed, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's old school, and it works. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, <laughs> and the caller mentioned that some you know iconic franchise people you never let go. Before we got on the show, the Chiefs announced that they let go of Eric Berry. That is correct. Captain Kansas City. He really is. He's a great guy. He had a great story beating cancer. He had the injury last year, ACL or Achilles. One of the two, I forget which one. I thought it was Achilles. It might have been Achilles. It was one of the two, I forget. And they had to release him um, a few years ago. Dallas Cowboys had to let DeMarcus Ware go. He's a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer when they let him go. By the way. It happens. I mean, sometimes, it, look, it, it does happen in sports. It stinks, 
but it happens in sports. Let's see. Uh, Jerry Rice. Went to the Raiders. And uh, uh, Seattle. Uh, Joe Montana. Went to the Chiefs. Okay. Ronnie Lott. Raiders. Raiders. Jets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmett Smith. Cardinals. Carl ba- Banks. Browns. Okay. I mean. That's you know, right. Emmett Smith. Cardinals. I forgot about that. I mean, you know. Again, in today's modern sports, the way it goes, it's a rarity for a guy to start and finish in one spot. That's just the way it works. And we're not going to know until how all these picks pan out, how the plan pans out. As you know, we'll see how this gets looked back at. It's it's impossible to judge today. Is my point. When you're dealing with draft picks that haven't been made, we got to see what both franchises look like in four years, and and then we'll know. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Joe in Pennsylvania. Hello, Joe. Hey, hi, guys. Uh, hi. Wonderful day in a neighborhood. <laughs> it's something, uh, Joe, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. just give me a second to sure. say the word vent, because the last time I talked, I used the word tank, and you didn't like that. It's not just Odell that went. We we lost a lot of good key guys going with JPP, Snacks, Vernon, you know. So I, I really don't know what's going to happen now. But the key is going to be, in the end, who we draft for the quarterback. Because, uh, you know, it, it would be a surprise for us to get into the playoffs, would you think now? But uh, really and truly. So, uh, but one thing, I, you know, on, um, on our cornerback, what's his name? Do we still have him... Uh, Jenkins? One, yeah, do we yeah, still have sure. him? Is he under contract yes. this year? This year and next year, Janoris Jenkins. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, he, he, I'll never know yet with, with him, and I'll never know what they'll do with Eli yet. If they, you know, nothing will be surprise me yet. You know, uh, if he has to take a cut or if he's going to stay or what. I just wonder sometimes if we'd keep all these players and if we either to trade it, Eli, that was another way to go, but, uh, because I don't know if it's going to work out with everything. One thing I hope we would do is get a big, strong uh, receiver with some kind of speed just to break off the line because we're going to see a lot in the box now. You know, that's the truth. And we should be able to get whatever we want with uh, to get our with the draft picks we have to either get uh, defensive ends or to help the – solidified the offensive line. So uh, I I don't know. I just hope it all works out because that's going to be the key, Who what, what we do with these draft picks and who we uh, draft as a quarterback. We just, you just don't know if we're going to draft one this year yet. It wouldn't be a surprise or wait till next year. So uh, whatever you think, it, it, it'll all have to come out the wash, and I hope it all works out. Go Giants. Okay, Thank Joe. You, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate Just remember one thing. If you build the trenches, everything else tends to fall in line after that. Old school. 201-939-4513. Um, and Fungus was drafted in 2015. Gettleman took control in 2013. Thank you, Dan. I thought that was the case. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Brandon in New Jersey. He's up next. Hello, Brandon. Hey, what's going on? What's Hello. up? Hey, man. Ah, I, 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 man, yo. I'm so torn, brothers, man. I, I get it, but I don't get it. But, see, I understand. Because I was, I was even kind of questioning it. I was kind of even questioning, is Odell fully in with us? And maybe that's probably what they was probably questioning, too. And maybe I'm thinking... 
that they probably want to go back to that big body receiver like Eli used to have to get that back shoulder back in there. With that being said, I would, I'm still banging on the table. Do not draft no quarterback. We, I still don't believe we need to take one this year. I would take – I hear that we big on the kid, Montez Sweet. We could get him in the first round and then – and the back in the end of first, and the, and then back in the of the end of the second round. I mean, the first round uh, with the pick number seventeen. We could take. What about that kid, DK Metcalf? Uh, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah, I like him. He's six five. He got a big body frame. Six three and a half. And he's got a little bit of speed to him. I think he'd be a nice fit, and I believe he could fit right in with Evan Ingram and as well. Well, if you want a big receiver, he does fit the bill. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Thanks He's for the call, yeah, Big I, guy. I believe that would be a nice fit, but my whole thing is, will he be there at number 17? Yeah, you know, Brandon, I think that's a good question. Thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate it. He's a guy, and, and we talked about him with when we had Kent Lee Platt on earlier in the week with the RAS scores. He had unbelievable size. I think was 6'3 and 3'8", 227, if I remember properly. Ran a 4'3'3 at that size, which is... Calvin Johnson good. Then he did the agility drills. And he had the third and fourth worst times in the whole wide receiver class in the three cone and the short shuttle. So he's a straight ahead speed guy. Can he change directions well enough? He had injury issues throughout his career in college as well. Will a team jump at it because of the speed? Will he be there at 17? I don't know. Um, but I'm look, I'm sure the Giants will take a hard look at wide receivers. Oh, I'm sure they'll look at receivers, but... Throughout the draft, by the yeah, way, not just in round and, one. And that's the thing. For me, again, because I always say the priority is to build in the trenches, you got to get the pass rusher, you got to get the big guys up front. And pass rush is a priority right now, It certainly is. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I would think that, yes, you are looking at receiver, but that could come via free agency, and it could also come a little bit later on in the draft because it seems to me there is going to be a premium on we've heard as many as 70% of the first three rounds is going to be defense. Yeah. So you got to draft into the strength of the defense. Remember, best player available. That means you're looking at your value board. And I would think, based on the consensus that is out there, and we learned at the Combine, John, from talking to a lot of different people, it's going to be heavily skewed towards defense in the first three rounds. I'd be surprised if the Giants don't feel the same way because that seems to be the consensus. And there's there seems to be good depth at wide receiver in the middle rounds too. So that would seems to be the sweet spot if you want to go wide receiver rounds, you know, two through five, somewhere in that area. You know, maybe towards the latter end, maybe two through four, three and four would be the best place to look. And remember, the Giants have twelve draft picks now. They got two ones, a two, a three, two fours, two fours, three and fives. three fives. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of picks to make. And maybe you package some of those, move up. You know, Could it's, do that it's very too. hard for 12 rookies to make your roster. But So we'll see what the Giants can do. One other thing, by the way, what Joe in Pennsylvania said. He said we got mad at him for using the word tank. And I just want to kind of jump on that again because Dave Gettleman has said it and ownership has said it, that the Giants will not tank. And if the, if the Giants were tanking, there, were, there are a lot of veterans on this team that they could take a salary cap hit on this year, get rid of them, and really try and lose. That hasn't happened as of today, so they're not tanking. I it's and, and what and look if that it, word is not even in my vocabulary. No, I'm it, sorry. It, it, it's this is not the NBA, okay? If you want to call it a rebuild, fine. I'm calling it a transformation. You're transforming the roster, and the moves you're making 
you're looking to the future to prepare as you're trying to rebuild or reform, retransform yourself off of a 3-13 and 13 year two years ago, a 5-11 and 11 year last year, but at the same time remain competitive. They want to remain competitive, give the fans a good product, try to make the playoffs, try to win football games, but at the same time, put the team in the best position possible to rebuild your roster moving forward. And I'll, I'll give you the quote from Dave Gettleman again. I want to read it again. With the first-round draft choice, that gives us 6-17, and 17, said Dave Gettleman. As we continue to build this team, you need draft pick capital. This trade enabled us to do that. That's the quote. Look, Football 101 says you build through the draft. That is the smartest, most productive way to build a winner. That's very simple. There's nothing fancy about that. There's nothing magical about that. And that's where Dave Gettleman is, is uh, you know, pointing people right now. He's trying to tell people, that's, that's what we're going to do. Whether you make those picks or you trade those picks, that's the way to go. 201-939-4513. We'll go for another, what do we start, a 435, I think, Paul? Yes, it was. So we'll go another 15 minutes here, and then Dan's got to go pick up his kid from daycare. i got to pick up mine, so we got to roll. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to Eric okay. in Albany. He's up next. Hey, daddy first, Datino. You know how it goes. I understand. Eric, what's up, pal? How's it going, guys? What's Hello. going on? So, I've heard what you guys were saying, and honestly, I'm very frustrated with the team. I don't really like the trade from Odell, not in terms of giving up Odell himself, but going getting a first and a third out of it. No, 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 no. But Eric, Eric, you also got your bro Peppers, who, in my I opinion, I, 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 I watched— Peppers. I'm actually a Michigan State fan. I know Washington play at Michigan. No, but Eric, look, I look, look, I don't think— we had Randy Collins. No, but Eric, no, but here's the thing. No, but Eric, here's the thing. You're getting a player that's just as good and ascending for a sixth or seventh of the price. You think Jabril Perry is just as good as a three-time Pro Bowler, former All-Pro, and finished third in defensive player of the year? From watching the tape this morning, what I saw from Drew Peppers watching four or five complete games of his tape last year in Cleveland, I think he is an extremely comparable player right now to what Landon Collins gave the Giants the last two years. No, that's fine. I, that's a good point. I totally respect that. No, that and that's My, fair. You guys were just saying how... We're trying to stay competitive. We're not tanking. How are we not tanking when we got Eli still out there? When we took away his best weapon, how are we not going? How are we going to win games when Odell's gone? I I just listed to you earlier in the show, and I'll give it to you again in case you weren't listening. In the four yep. games Odell did not play last year, the Giants averaged twenty-five and a half points per game, two and a half points better than what they did over the course of the entire season. They averaged more than seventeen yards better per game than they averaged over the course of the entire season in the four games Odell didn't play. And Barkley averaged more rushing yards per game in those games as well. With the Giants, and again, Eric, Dave Gettleman didn't say this, so maybe I'm making an assumption and I'm going to get yelled at. We'll see. But I think the way the Giants played in the second half, which featured a lot of big personnel, a focus on running the football and doing play action off that running game, they believe that with Sterling Shepard's ability to win one-on-one, Evan Ingram's ability to win one-on-one, and Saquon's, uh, Barkley's ability to get open and win as a matchup problem out of the backfield. The Giants have more than enough weapons in the passing game to play the way they want to play. And I understand, if you want to go back to 2017 and 16 and look how the team performed without Beckham and that scares you, I get it. The numbers those years were not pretty. I totally understand that. I'm not arguing that yep. point at all. Right. But mm-hmm. the, way they, the way they played the last f- eight games last year even, 
was different than the way they played those two years. And the way they used their people were different. So that's how I believe the Giants will try to operate offensively this year. A lot of bigger formations, play-action pass. I mean, look how good the Rams' passing game was this year. They don't have an Odell Beckham Jr. Robert Woods is a good receiver. He's not a great receiver. Brandon Cooks is a good receiver. He's not a great receiver. So I think that's what the Giants are thinking about when they run their offense. I'm sorry? Jared Goff is better than Eli at this point in his career. Is he really? That's that's Jared your opinion. That's your that's your that's your opinion. That's your that's your opinion. I love watching him, but but you know but you know what? No, but no, Eric. Look, look. Whether whether you think that's the case or not, I'm just I'm just explaining to you the Beckham part of it, and I think that's how they want to operate the the offense. I think the quads can be running to the ground repeatedly. At some point, they're going to be able to stop. We're going to put something in the box. They're going to be able to stop him. I, it's a constant a player, but at some point, they're going to stop him. They stopped Todd Gurley at the Rams. They're going to figure a way out. It's not a fell. Well, uh, of course, what we do know, and that this is undisputed, is that the defense was really lacking last season. I mean, Dave Gettleman did point out to us at the Combine, and rightfully so Appreciate in the, the second half of the season, uh, they had three games in the second half of the year. All they needed was one defensive stop in the final minutes. And they would have held on to win three of those games. But that's not what happened because the defense couldn't hold up. They they need help at all three levels of the defense. And you would like to believe if they can get that fortified, that will give them a better chance to win games. Anyway, go ahead. 201-939-4513. Let's go back to the phones and say what's up to Gio and Bayonne. What's up, Gio? Hey, how you doing, guys, today? We're doing Hi. well, Gio. What's up? Hey, listen, I just want to say one thing. Um, uh, first of all, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel bad. Uh, you know, you guys are sitting there just defending everything, and I, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of upset even at the fans too, because as a fan, I know that we can get emotional, and I know that sometimes, you know, our, our first, you know, reaction is what we, what we want, and you know, we want to get our way all the time, but it's not like that. No, um, hey, look, hey, look, Gio. Gio, Gio, real quick, look, Paul and I understand. I mean, we we go, we're at every game. We see all the Odell Beckham Jr. jerseys. We get it. We understand fans are mad, and frankly, I understand. Look, we're fans of other teams and other sports too. You know, if yeah, the Yankees went and right. traded Andrew, uh, you know, Aaron Judge, I'd be annoyed. I was annoyed when the Knicks traded Chris Daz Porzingis. If you follow me on Twitter, I was a lunatic. <laughs> I get it. I, yeah, I, you're right, you're right. I, it I understand. And, and, and that's my point. Right. Like, I, I know it hurts. But I've, I've been listening to you guys for a while now, and I, I've also been listening to you guys about us having patience. And I believe that we that's the thing we need to do right now because there's a lot of criticism out there saying, you know, Gettleman shouldn't be there, Sherman shouldn't be there. And, you know, I don't believe that. I believe that the, the guys are there because because they, you know, they know what they're doing. They know more than what we know, you know, in the inside. And at the same time, they they they're with the players every single day. And um, there could be a lot of different circumstances where we don't know about about why Beckham left. And and partially, I think maybe Beckham wanted to go. He wanted to go and play on another team. You know, and, and that's just my personal opinion. But I believe that we have to look forward now. And um, I believe that Gettleman did a great job in the draft last year. Uh, four of those uh, came out to be starting rookies, and uh, they did a great job. And, you know, and so I also believe that, you know, he's also banking on that, that this year with the 12 picks we have right now, we're also going to get, you know, to fill in a lot of holes in the defense. And I believe that defense was championships, guys. So I think if we can strengthen out the defense, you know, it's going to hurt, definitely. But I think we can go out and get another wide receiver, somebody that can catch the ball, and, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be spectacular. But 
you know, all the rest of the pieces are there. You know, strengthen that line, get that right tackle, get that defensive end we need. And uh, my question to you guys, though, was also, who do you think would be another cornerback that could really help us out? You know, now that we got Anton Bidea and we got Jabril Peppers, um, well, you know, maybe maybe getting a little bit more depth, another cornerback, well, who do you guys think would be a good option? I appreciate the call. You know what? We don't. I don't want to do much on other positions today. We're going to be back tomorrow at noon. I got about three or four more Beckham calls in. I want to get in. We only got about six or seven minutes left in the show. Uh, I'll get to that, and I'll make sure we touch on that position group for you tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow at a normal time, by the way, at noon. And maybe we'll go a little bit longer if we're getting the volume of calls that we've been. I got to give you guys credit. Look, we started later than we thought, and literally Paul and I looked at those phones for 30 straight minutes, and we're sitting here Twitter on our thumbs, waiting to go, just like you were waiting for us to go. And those four lines were lit up the entire time. Yeah. Like, literally, the entire time. So, thank you, listeners, for being a part of the show. And again, I hope we're giving you an opportunity to vent today. As I know a lot of you guys are upset, which is great. That's why we're here. We're here to talk you through it and talk some Giants football. That's all I want to say. 201-939-4513. One of thing I wanted to say, too, just in terms of team building, very quickly, and Albert Breer put out a tweet the other night, and I'm trying to find it. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Um, I can't find it right now, but it was, it was basically talking about team building and, you know, the types of teams that have they built their rosters with championships. I'm, I'm going to try to find that tweet if I can. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go back to the phones, and then I'll touch on it. Let's go to Kevin in Ohio, who's up next. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Hi, well, uh, great. Yeah, I'm doing well. Hey, I wanted to share a perception with you. Yes. Um, I was as shocked as everybody was this morning. And I work in western Pennsylvania, and I, I've heard the Odell Beckham saga unfold the last few weeks, okay? Yeah. And one of the biggest things that Dave Gettleman said when he first became the general manager was that he's looking for guys who don't want to win. He's looking for guys that hate lose. Yes. And I am really seeing a correlation between the AB saga and where Mr. Odell Beckham is heading to. And I think, again, you know, you said before about how, you know, listen to the words he says, and I think that really speaks volumes right there. Yeah, and that was a quote, Kevin, that he gave back on December 29, 2017. I believe that was at his introductory press conference. And he was talking about a conversation yet with Ryan Wendell um, back when he was with the Panthers. Right. And he goes, this was the quote from the press conference. Um, he asked Ryan, what do you thought about the end of the year? And this is what Wendell said to him. Dave, at the end of the season, we beat the Chargers and we beat Washington in that Monday night game down there. And Ryan said, Dave, those are New England Patriot wins. That's what it looked like. And Gettleman said, this is them telling the story, Okay, so tell me the steps he said, because Wendell used to be a member of the Patriots. The one thing that we all know from the moment we walk in the door is we are expected to be pros today. There's two kind of players in this league. There are guys that play professional football, and there are professional football players. And the professional football players are the guys we want. I don't want guys that want to win. I want guys that hate to lose. That's the professional football player. That's what you want, so it's important. I want to jump on that in two different ways. One, you did see what happens when you wait too long to move somebody with Antonio Brown and the leverage is gone. I think if you do move a player, you want to maximize his value when you can, and being under a long-term contract, which, by the way, a lot of people that have said, oh, why didn't you trade him before you gave him the big contract? Well, if you trade him on the tag, look what the Chiefs just got for D Ford, okay? Right. You're going to get less in the trade than when you get for him 
if you are trading him after a long-term deal. So you take the dead money, but you're getting more in return, which for me, that's a win, okay? I'd rather have the draft capital and take the dead money. That's just me. Uh, the second part of that, and I got to be honest, and, and I've said this on the show before. I'm not going to take it back now. I felt after games when the Giants lost that Beckham hated to lose. So did I. I felt that. And I don't think the Giants or Dave Gettleman thought otherwise. Dave Gettleman has never said that. So I don't, I don't think you should assume that's what he thought about Odell Beckham Jr., okay? Okay. That's fair. Fair enough? Again, it's just, you know, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words sometimes. And, you know, you see, you know, the TV have to sensationalize uh, someone blowing up on the sideline or something like that. And, you know, they always, they always seem to catch Odell at the wrong time. And, you know, I guess that's, their, that's part of their job. But, you know, it's just a shame that, you know, the, we're parting ways with him. I mean, like you said before, there's no doubt about it. Unbelievable player, unbelievable sure, talent. Sure, sure. But, you know, where where really is his heart at this point in, in, in his professional career? You know, that's, that's what I'm questioning. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513. Lennon, Columbia, Maryland. The only explanation I have here from Len is not happy. That's what it says on the call screen monitor. Len, go ahead, my friend. I'm not happy. I'm very disappointed. And I'm kind of disappointed in you guys. You, you guys are acting like we traded a, a, a bag of used footballs here. Paul called him a generation. Gen- no, 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 Len, hold on. Len, in New York Len, Len, Len Paul, Paul called him a generational. Star, Len, if you don't let me talk, I'm going to hang history. up on you. Len, Paul said given at the start the, of the show, the talent Len, level, given the entertainment oh. value, Len, you need to be quiet for one second. The, Len, you need to be quiet. Len, I'm giving you five seconds. Five, four, okay. Paul said at the start of the show he's a generational Hall of Fame player. What part of that didn't you understand? He's a generational Hall of Fame player. This this, so, this so, trade never should have been made. Never should have been made. Listen, Eric Berry is going to get about 15 minutes of press, national press, about being cut in Kansas City. The national press is going to be talking about this trade for years. Sure. For years. Okay. We don't, we don't disagree with that. And you know what that. that tells me? That tells me this trade shouldn't have been made. That's what it tells me. Okay. It tells me it shouldn't have been made. I right, one other thing. Yes. Listen, one thing I do understand, you know, Gettleman's deal, okay, probably something ownership involved, probably Shermer involved, probably, but, you know, Gettleman's deal, the honeymoon's over. The honeymoon's over. He's had 15 months. For me, he's got 21 more. December 31st, 2020, we're in the playoff or drive Dave to the bus station. That's how significant this trade was to me. It's a sad day in Giants history. Sad day. I'll get over it. I got over the. I got over the Huff trade. I'll get over <laughs> this. Don't read into the fact that I'm. You know, I'm selling my tickets. I'm selling my PSLs. This was a bad move, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling in, Len. We appreciate it as always, my friend. All right, Len. I just wanted to make sure that you heard Paul what he said at the start of the show because I didn't think we downplayed it. I mean. We we described the type of talent that he is in every way we possibly could, and we compared the, the trade. The man's an elite player, and we compared the trade to every other huge position player trade that's been made in the NFL. I mean, people are still talking about the Cleo Mack trade. We compared the trade to that, and mm-hmm. by the way, he he, he made one hundred forty million dollars on his contract. You know, so it's, a, it's a lot bigger than the contract that got that Beckham got signed to. The 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 emotions are fine. You can hurt. You can be bruised by it. You can be upset by it. The emotions are fine. 
the only thing that we've tried to do here, and somebody earlier accused us of defending the trade. I even got a guy tweeting me saying, I'm, I'm, I thought the trade was good. I never said that. By the way, neither of us have said the trade is good or bad over the course of the show. We're just explaining the aspects of the trade. And that's the entire key here because, as I've said a thousand times, maybe even a million times, John, if you've lost count, I apologize, but football is a spider web, okay? Nothing gets done in a bubble. I've said it before. Domino effect, one domino, and there are many others behind it. Spiderweb, one strand affects all the other strands, okay? Nothing is done in a bubble. All we have tried to do here today for you folks, in addition to giving you an opportunity to vent because it's a giant show for the fans, we have tried to explain some of the other strands in the spiderweb. You don't have to like it. That's not what we're here to do. We're no. not to tell you you like it or you don't like it. That's up to you to decide. You decide if you like it or not. That's not that's not my job. Nope. I'm simply here as a conduit to the fans to try to explain some of the other web uh, strands in the spider web that you may not be able to ascertain from other places because they're not going into the details and they're not going into the other strands of the spider web. They're simply saying, oh, good, bad, headline, boom, done. And we haven't told one caller that they were wrong to be upset. We haven't told one caller that if they didn't like the trade that you're dumb and you should like the trade. We have not told anybody that today. We're letting you guys call in and give your opinion. That's it. And we're, we're, ju- we're, and we're just explaining the aspects of the trade and, like Paul said, all the different parts that – Come into it, the result of it, the players the Giants got in return, the impact on the salary cap next year, which, by the way, if you project ahead, the Giants could have upwards of $90 million of cash space next season, by the way. Just FYI. Well, that's depending. always fluid. Of course, I, it's, it's fluid, you know, but I'm just saying. Dangerous it, to, to no, talk about that. Correct. And again, I, I don't mean to give out a specific number because obviously those are numbers that are on websites, and that was not my intention. The point is, is that it, right now, moving forward, the Giants will have a ton of flexibility based on the current contracts on their roster now that can change but based on the current contracts on the roster they will have a lot of flexibility moving forward starting next year with the salary cap that was the point i was trying to make energy is actually better spent on figuring out how they're going to move forward as opposed to taking more energy talking about what just happened yeah but but i get it it. but i get it it is come on i understand the the emotions are flowing yeah get it of course and that's why we're here for you all right final call the show is sam in lancaster pennsylvania sam thanks for being with us you're a cleanup hitter today Hey, fellas, I've been listening to you guys for several years, and uh, it's just been a pleasure. Thank so you. Keep Thank up you. the good work, even even through the rough times that we're going through right now. No Appreciate problem. it. Thank you for listening, and thank you for calling in. What's on your mind? Hey, so all my mind is, I think, with the the, the Odell trade uh, and the players that we picked up and the picks that we've picked up, I think as Giants fan, we, start, we need to start looking in the future. Jerry Reese and the several busts in – draft picks that we've done for the X amount of years has put us in this position. You just mentioned about the flexibility that we're going to be leading into. So I was going to pitch it out to you guys. Do you think that the Giants have a possibility of building a package of some sort and push for Rosen? Or do you think they're going to build a package to guarantee uh, a Haskins or perhaps draft an edge rusher with six and hopefully Jones falls down to 17. What's your thoughts? Thank you, Cole. Uh, Thank you for this call, Sam. We appreciate it. And I think you hit it. The most important thing moving forward in the next couple of years, whenever it happens, is going to be what the Giants do at the quarterback position. 
We know Eli Manning's under contract for this year, okay? We don't know what his future is after that. We'll wait and see. But the Giants do have to figure out what's next at the quarterback position. I know a lot of people have made the assumption that, oh, they're getting draft capital together to make a big move this year to move up to pick a quarterback. I think that's a really big assumption at this point. I think that's a really, really, really big assumption. I'm not ruling out the Giants take a quarterback this year. Do you know why? The Giants haven't even set their board yet. They haven't even had their full meetings with these guys. So I'm not ruling anything out. But I think a lot of people are making that assumption that, oh, that's going to happen this year now because of the straight, no doubt about it. It's happened, hook, line, and sinker. I would not make that assumption so quickly. There's a lot of options out there. And like you said, he likes the trenches. Dave Gettleman's history is drafting people up front. The team has needs up front. There's a lot of really good players up mm-hmm. front in this draft class. And would it surprise me if you walk out of that first round with two defensive ends or an offensive tackle and a defensive end or whatever? No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So I would not assume this means anything with the quarterback position. But we do know, and Dave Gettleman told us at the Combine in the same media thing we talked about earlier, he under- he wants to be what Ernie Corsi was to this team. And when he walks out the door, he wants to leave the Giants with their next Eli Manning esque franchise quarterback that's his goal and he will do whatever he can to get that done does it have to be this year no is it a situation with some level of urgency because of Eli Manning's age sure and that's how I'll leave it from my perspective there's only one logical conclusion you can draw from what has happened to this point in the offseason and that is the Giants have increased their flexibility which means they have more directions that they can go into as they try to continue to improve this team and to get it back on the right track. And that is the only logical conclusion that you can come to. They have more possibilities and more directions that they can go to today than they had a week ago. That's it. There's no other conclusion that you can draw. You just can't. All right, guys, I see we still got the phones lighting up. Unfortunately, we need to go. We appreciate you being part of the show and being patient with us. And not, you know, we came on late today. Thank you for being patient and still being with us and giving us a full line of calls. We'll be back with you tomorrow at noon. I'm sure the emotions will still be running high. I'll have Lance Meadow here with me to yell at you instead of Paul and me. <laughs> we'll have fun with that. Lance likes to get argumentative and, and, and cantankerous, so that'll be fun. We'll be with you then. And then it'll be Paul... It'll be Lance and, I believe, Lance and Fiegel's on Friday. Because I Correct. switched with Jeff. That's right. It'll be Lance and Fiegel's on Friday. Correct. Back at noon on Giants.com on Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Paul Dettino, I'm John Schmelk. Thank you for joining us on our special start of the league year edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll see you again tomorrow at noon. Odo Beckham Jr. has been traded to the Browns for a first-round pick, a third-round pick, Kevin Zeitler, and Jabril Peppers, and Olivier Vernon heading to the Browns as well. More tomorrow and more on Giants.com for continuing coverage of the Giants' moves in the offseason. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. Adios.